Welcome to another episode of Crystal Myth with myself, Leslie Anderson, and me, Mark Dornan. Yeah. Hello, Mark. How are you this fine, stormy day? Yeah, it's very, um, I'm just looking out to see you over the sea storm and wondering when the, the Kraken show drag himself onto the beach. And as you know, I've already described myself to you, I'm lying quite seductively, so I feel like it's as though I'm trying to, to lure the Kraken in with my feminine wiles. I feel like the Kraken would see you and then want to take you away in a wonderful adventure under the sea, but doesn't realise that you can't breathe under there, so unfortunately he would drown you. <laughs> yeah, it's a tragic tale of the, the Kraken and I's forbidden love that ends in my death, but I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, top, this week's topic is all about um, the childhood monsters or the boogeymen as it's traditionally known although it can not necessarily be in the form of a man it can be any kind of gender or take any kind of form so and it also links into a previous podcast that we made and its origins because it they think it originated in scotland whoop 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 and it relates to the bogart again or the hobgoblin and um, because they are like bits that only target people if they think they're bad, which evolved into parents telling their children, "Well, you better behave, or the boogeyman's going to come and tell you what and tell you off or punish you." So it's kind of a cop out for parents to put the blame on the boogeyman instead of themselves for punishing the kids or trying to get them to behave. It's a bit like that, which just occurred to me now. But you know, like the, I find it weird if you're a parent out there that uses this as a behaviour technique. You're a weirdo. Um, <laughs> you know, like parents that are like, don't do that or the man will come for you. Yeah, like or point at you. I don't, I don't know if you'll ever have had this because you're not a male presenting person, but maybe you have, correct me if I'm wrong. I've only really had it once, to be fair, but I always think the whole the man will get you thing is weird. But I remember once I was in, I think it was in Marks and Spencer's near yours. And um, <laughs> a, a wee boy, to be fair, wasn't actually being that badly behaved. I think he was just going like, you know, I don't want to be here, Mum. I want to go home. And he was like, really wee. And the mum was like, what have I told you? The man will come if you don't behave. And then pointed at me and was like, <laughs> man, he's coming. Do you want him to get you? Like, like you're just some scary pedophile. Yeah. I think that actually has happened to me. And it makes me sad because it makes me feel like I'm old now. Like, there's a scary adult going to come and get you. I'm like, don't yeah. get me involved in this shit. Is it because it's like eccentric as well? Like I suppose the whole it's like the weird bad woman that lives in the woods thing, like Yeah. Or that weirdly dressed freak will carry you off in their basket. 
Well, then that's like the grim fairy tales where you've got Hansel and Gretel going to the, the woman in the woods house and the, the witch cooks them in her pot. But then they should be punished because they ate her fucking house. That's her house she built. Okay, it's made from sweets and cookies, but there's no need to eat the poor woman's house. Agreed. Oh no, they pushed her in a fire, didn't they? They did. So not only did they eat her house, but then they, they shoved her, the poor woman, in a fire and murdered her. They'd probably and eat the rest of her house. Nowadays, you'd expect the witch to phone the police, but to be fair, back in the time when it was written, she was a landowner and there were poor children. So actually, if poor children did vandalise her house, they probably would have been executed. So she was just um, following the legal guidelines of the time. Evil German children. Not accepting of poor wet ladies that live in odd houses. Yeah. Yeah. So with Biggie Men, do you have? Well, I don't know. Do you want me to start, or do you want? What do you want to do? Well, I, which is partially related to Biggie Men, but I just wanted to ask you if you'd um, yeah heard about something in the news. I'll just wait until. Have you noticed? No matter what day we record this, my landlord comes by with lots of heavy things. Um, yeah, what's he want? It's almost like he wants to get involved. It's like he's your guest. Do you think I should call out the window? He's yeah, quite... what does he want? Hi, Alistair. He's your own person. Yeah, so I was wondering if you, which kind of relates to Boogeyman, more specifically relates to the Mothman that I know we're going to look at at some point because I know of your great love of the Mothman. Have you seen the, which makes me very happy, the petitions that have been um, set up to replace the statues of people who were involved in the slave trade and people who were like confederate leaders with cryptids no but that sounds awesome what kind of cryptids well it started with the mothman so oh yeah because he was supposed to be some sort of like superhero well maybe not a superhero because he didn't actually save anyone but he just turned up more like captain hindsight he was like hang on something bad's gonna happen here nobody left in fact, to be fair, that kind of makes sense because if you're going to rip down the statue of some arsehole and replace him with the Mothman, then it's like this statue <laughs> here because something bad was here. Yeah, uh, that's true. So there's a Twitter user called uh, Human Brianna Pete, which is <laughs> a great name. Okay. Um, and yeah, she started a, pe- a petition uh, to replace the Confederate statues in the state of West Virginia with statues of the Mothman. That's happened over the past week. There's been several change.org petitions set up asking for statues of slave owners and Confederate leaders to be removed and to be replaced with, I don't know, read it to you. We would like to recommend the replacement of statues, uh, be it the Mothman or other urban legends, sorry, with be it the Mothman or other urban legends, any other urban legend or local legend may also take the place of um, the removed Confederate statues. We want you to remove the racist, oppressive legacy of the Confederacy and promote more important things like the Mothman and urban legends. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me very happy. I think it's a wonderful idea. Whatever, urban, like Bigfoot, like replace General Lee with Bigfoot or something. Yeah. Or just a Mothman everywhere. Because he's kind of a big, ugly creature anyway, so you could just, like, remodel the statue. (laughs) (laughs) But then it might confuse the actual Mothman. And he's like, why why is there all these statues of me everywhere? Or or is there other Mothmen that I've got to compete with now? He might try and mate with them. 
You might. That would be exciting. In fact, that would be quite cool. It'd be like a beacon to lure the Mothman down to see if he'll try and mate with them, and then we've got evidence that there actually is a Mothman. Or you could just pretend it'd be one of the statues and troll the village or the city. I've got like an, an add-on suggestion as well that's just popped into my head. So you know the stupid Nazi fucks that are in George Square protecting statues? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. there, but nobody can see me. Um, <laughs> why don't we? Clear George Square of anyone who's protesting anything sensible like Black Lives Matters or fair treatment for refugees and make a giant life-size cement Loch Ness statue and then drop it on top of them from a helicopter. <laughs> and they can protect that? Yeah, with their, their dead racist body. <laughs> it's ideal. Justice from the Loch Ness monster. But anyway, I, I just wanted to, I, that's not really related to what we're looking at no. this week. I just wanted to know if you heard about it or not, because I think... No, um, I'm going to look into it, though. I'll have a look at that. Uh, I might even I'll sign it. some of the change links on the Twitter page, and people slash you can have a nosy at them if you want. Excellent. We don't have a Twitter, but okay. <laughs> we might do. <laughs> Insta. Yes, Instagram, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just share them on some of these Twitter pages somehow. And if everyone can find them, that would be good. Do you want to, to kick us off then with um, our boogeymen? Yeah, okay. So what is the original boogeyman? Boogeyman is mostly a childhood fear, but doesn't necessarily target children all the time. But most of the time it does. And it's in, it's passed down through the ages, like sort of by folklore, oral stories, where parents are telling their kids about the boogeyman or bogeyman. It's like a non-specific type of monster appearing in folklore around the world. So there's names like, well, Krampus is a famous one, or in Christmas time, he's a famous boogeyman that that ensures that children behave. I suppose Santa is, in a way, a type of boogeyman. Yeah. You know, he comes down your chimney. I used to I used to not be able to sleep before Christmas, thinking that oh my god, there's gonna be some old man entering my house. Genuinely. My youngest niece is absolutely terrified of Santa. And I remember <laughs> we were talking about it at a family lunch before, and yeah, similarly, I was like, well, I mean it makes sense. He's a random old man that she thinks has magic powers that can tell whatever she does at any time and can enter her house through like tiny, tiny gaps. That's scary. Yeah, and, and the fact is, like, they say that, oh, well, you don't even need a chimney for him to enter your house. He can get in magically. So to me, that's absolutely, like, a home invasion horror story to me. Like, I was I was thinking, oh, what if I wake up and I see him in the room? I thought there was going to be terrible consequences for that, <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose what Krampus is, in a way. Um, I mean, there is an implication of terrible consequences, though, because it's like if you wake up on Christmas Eve and you think you hear Santa moving about you have to stay in your bed like why what's he going to do cut my face off what does Santa do if you get out of your bed and then most people I think in America boogeymen or maybe even here I don't know they tend to associate boogeymen with hiding under your bed or there's a monster in the closet or the wardrobe or behind the mirror Um, did you ever think there was monsters under your bed at all Mark no, but I think you're right. It's a very sort of Americanized thing. I think like lots mm-hmm. of us do now because we have so much American media or so yeah. much American media than we did when we were younger. So yeah, I thought that, you know, monsters came into your house at night or I seem to remember thinking like they would hide in the woods or possibly in the law. But no, I never thought there was one under my bed. But yeah, I think that's quite a, a common thing now. It does seem to be very Americanized. 
Yeah, I think over here it's more that they'll be outside your house or they'll yeah. be in the forest somewhere in the woods. It's always somewhere in the woods I would associate them with. Yeah, or in the dark somewhere. So uh, there's various examples of boogeymen or bogeymen around the world. And like, again, we're not restricting them to gender here. That's just what they're traditionally called. They generally want to terrify children into good behaviour, but not always. So the characteristics of a bogeyman typically vary from country to country. But there are a few similarities. The majority of boogeymen are some sort of spirit or entity that terrorise naughty children in the night. Boogeymen could strike for any number of reasons, ranging from anger towards children or who leave things dirty to hunger for children who stayed up past their bedtime. You know, just children misbehaving, basically. The boogeyman's going to come and chastise them or punish them in some way. Um, They're said to have long nails or claws, which they use to scratch against a window. So they, they scratch... Another thing that they tend to do is scratch on window panes or knock to give the child the terror of like, I'm here, I'm watching you sort of thing. So it doesn't actually appear, but you can hear him. So maybe if you're in a room and you live next to some woods, like I used to do, and there's like maybe branches that could could potentially hit your window pane in your child's mind, you might think that that's a boogeyman <laughs> warning you to behave. I mean... Yeah, that seems to, and there's the whole sort of, again, I think it's a very Americanized thing, but the, the idea of like the tree out the Adams family, like with the, the clawed fingers and it like scraping its tree fingers, if you want, along your window to like warn you it's watching you. It's almost like a, a bogeyman planted in the ground outside your house. I found another interesting fact about the origins of the boogeyman in the United Kingdom. It's thought that the boogeyman could have originally been a description of a buggy man like creature a buggy men buggy men were responsible for picking up the dead especially when the black plague was devastating europe because of their contact with the dead they were often very sick themselves and had skeleton like figures with sunken eyes so that's weird i never really thought about that i've never heard of that before but i suppose it makes sense like if you're someone going about gathering dead people then you're going to associate that type of figure with danger and, and sickness. Yeah, it would be scary. Either, but yeah, I would definitely be creeped out by. Again, it's just an alternative lifestyle job. But yeah, I suppose when I was wee, I would have been creeped out by them. And yeah, that then makes the whole sort of you have to behave or the bogeyman will get you thing even more of a terrifying threat from parents because that's basically like <laughs> eat your dinner or will beat you to death, which you know, disturbing. And other boogeymen have no appearance and are said to have no figure or the ability, or they have the ability to shapeshift. They can appear as the tree limb scratching against your window or simply present themselves as a terrifying shadow lurking underneath the bed. Um, one of the most interesting features of a boogeyman is its ability to exist in the folklore of hundreds of countries while having very few physical similarities. The bogeyman's ability to blend and adapt to many cultures leads many to think of the bogeyman as a type of spirit. While mysterious, it's best understood through its motivations. The bogeyman is primarily fixated on children, although there are myths in some countries that suggest the bogeyman will seek out anyone who is guilty of wrongdoing. Regardless of what age group a particular bogeyman goes after, it seems to be a common theme that the bogeyman will not attack those who are considered to be good. And there are many variations of why the boogeyman preys on its victims. Most versions of the boogeyman will come after children if they've been naughty or dissipate their parents in some way. They'll have a range of punishments that they can choose from. So some will only give the children terrifying reminders, like 
for instance, the knocking, or they will chase them when they've wandered away from home in the middle of the night. But there are ones that are, can be more sinister, so it's even important to, for children to mind their parents' instructions. <laughs> so they have a taste for naughty children as in they want to eat them, or will sneak into rooms to carry them away into the night. A bit like fairies taking away babies or swapping yeah. them for changelings maybe um the children are often never found or said to be eaten by the bogeyman so like say if a kid goes missing in the area you might end up as a kid thinking oh well that was a boogeyman that took them away not just some psychopath or a kidnapper i suppose um, that, i mean a, a, i don't know how to, like a child murderer kind of almost is just a bogeyman anyway aren't they because well yeah but then that woman in marks and spencers is implying that you're the type of person who's a bogeyman that will come and get you if they don't behave yep, which, which is yeah. a bit insulting isn't it right. when someone does that it's like i'm not i'm not the bad guy here and if anything you know i'm definitely anti boogeyman <laughs> <laughs> if i had to come down on a side so there's some examples of bogeymen around the world there's one now this one i particularly like it's called the way way i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right it's either wee wee gone bell or way way gone bell i also have that in my notes as my uh, favorite bogeyman that I, I picked up on yeah oh brilliant so you'll know what i'm going to talk about here it's from the semarang area of central java and it's called and it, it strikes fear into hearts of children and parents <laughs> It's said to be a spirit that seeks both vengeance and acceptance. It's evil in nature. It doesn't harm children. Instead, she kidnaps children that are being neglected or abused and hides them from their parents until she feels the parents have learned their lesson. So that's quite nice. That sounds all right. Well, she's trying to protect children. But the downside of that is the children fear her because... If they're any, if they're unfortunate enough to be kidnapped by the Weiwei Gombel, it they're forced to eat feces until they're allowed to return home. So it literally makes them eat shit before I mean, their parents. I feel like they change their ways. Definitely a downside, but yeah, I think she seems quite nice. Like I'm assuming she eats shit, so she's just trying to help. <laughs> God, it's not good though. <laughs> How is that gonna help any? It's like, okay, yeah, my parents have changed their ways and have become nice, but now I'm dead from eating all that shit. <laughs> it's like, you know when we were in like S1, S2, whatever, and you get like a thick person in your ear that would be like, I went up Calder Glen and I got frogs that I've been feeding them marshmallows, and you're like, frogs don't fucking eat marshmallows, you mad lunatic. It's the same thing, the way we got, like she's trying to do her best. She's not the brightest. She's going to a monster party and she's like, I've been protecting the children and feeding them all the shit they can eat. And you're like, <laughs> kids don't eat shit. I once um, fed a goat a packet, an actual packet of knickknacks. Like, <laughs> with, with the, the packaging and everything. And it ate it all um, at Calder Glen Park. And I often worried that maybe I'd killed that goat. See, you and the way we're going, we one the same. <laughs> <laughs> but the only reason I did that is because when I was a kid someone told me that goats literally eat anything so I just wanted to see if it was true maybe the way we gomble overheard somebody say my kid eats some amount of shit and instead of thinking that they <laughs> my kids love eating shit cool got it noted <laughs> if you get any more information on the way we um gomble no said- just, just the same as what you had but yeah same I found her I thought because, yeah, I mean, she's not doing the best job, but she's trying, and I'm on board with the trier. <laughs> I was definitely endeared by it as well. I was torn between um, her and, did you find anything on the 
Met Me, sorry, Met Minwe. No, I don't have that on my list. So I was a fan of hers because she seems like she's trying to do the best. And then I really like the uh, Met Minwe because I think it's actually, like even as an adult, the idea of it's terrifying. And I knew that you would hate it. Oh, great. I should bring it to you. So the, also it's Haitian and I think everything in Haitian culture is just absolutely fascinating. So the Met Minwe is the Haitian version of the bogeyman. Um, the Met Minwe is described as appearing as a male or a, a man-like figure. Um, but the way that you can tell it apart from normal men is that it has incredibly long, thin legs. Oh, no. And it walks around towns after midnight. And the reason that it does so is that it's looking to catch and eat any children who are still outside because they shouldn't be outside after midnight. Right, so that's one of the ones that chase you home if you've left yeah, your house. Because his legs are so long it chases you home, but even if it's walking <laughs> back deep pace with you, its entire body is like jet obsidian black, so it blends in with the night, but its face, it has huge eyes, and it's almost got like, which goes back to the thing you were talking about with the buggy men, it has um, like skull-like features as though it's pure black skin is like stuck to its skull like it's never eaten anything yeah it just looks oh. terrifying so I would, that just for scariness purposes yeah i was imagining just like a pair of eyes and a big long pair of legs just running at you yeah that's pretty much all you would see coming that's out horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but if it catches you what would it do uh i think it eats, hold on, i'm going to go back into my nose yeah if it manages to catch a child it picks them up and eats them oh god <laughs> Well, someone um, that has come up in popular culture recently is the El Coco. Because have you ever, I don't know whether you watched it, everyone in my work was talking about it. It's a Stephen King adapted drama that was on recently called The Stranger, or no, The Outsider. It was called The Outsider. Have you heard of it? No, I've not. Suggest you check it out, Mark. I think you'd quite like it. Um, So it was about this kind of small town and people were getting arrested for murder for for think for something that they didn't do like they claimed they, they 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 didn't do it they weren't responsible and it turns out that it was an entity called the El Coco and what it does is it scratches its victim and then it enables it to turn itself in to duplicate itself so if it scratched you for instance Mark uh-huh. it would then slowly turn into you like a version a double of you doppelganger so to speak and it could go in horrific because it it feeds off of children basically to survive it feeds off of people or mostly children so someone would be like well i saw mark the other day with that child but you weren't there you it wasn't you you were away teaching but this thing that it turned into you was about and killed a child so then they all think it was you that did it but it wasn't, it was the El Coco. What does the El Coco look like when it doesn't look like a person, or do we not know because... It doesn't look like anything, it's not got a face, it's like um Because it's a shapeshifter, so we don't know what its true form is, because it always changes into the next person and then the next person. He loves things that have no fixed form, Stephen King, doesn't he? Well, he didn't make it up, it's, a re- it's based on a real boogeyman called the El Coco. It's known to strike fear into the hearts of many Hispanic Hispanic and Latino children, so it's mostly a sort of Mexican Hispanic boogeyman. Mm-hmm. It's not known to have a specific appearance, but is instead thought to be a shapeshifter that is terrible to look at. 
So in the outsider, when the El Coco wasn't in, when it was transitioning to the next person it wanted to be, it it had like a mangled face, like it was all twisted and kind of bit like the faceless woman, except it's a bit mutated. Because it's probably just trying to morph it into whatever it's, it's scratched. In some regions, the Coco Man is thought to have the power to transform into the thing a child fears most. El Coco climbs onto the roofs of children who disobey their parents and waits until they fall asleep. It is then that El Coco sneaks into the room of the naughty child and kidnaps them for its next meal. So I guess Stephen King's taken that and then turned it into an, like yeah. an actual monster and expanded on that because in the outsider the del coco there's a child um of one of its victims and it can see the el coco standing in, a, in her bedroom and she's sat, sitting up upright looking at what looks like nothing to the adults and she's saying it's talking to me it's telling me they have to stop because there's a woman and she's awesome night they bring in she's like a autistic sort of savant type and she's really good at um, figuring things out and putting clothes together and it knows that she's onto it so Del Coco's starting to panic and is trying to control people in its desperation not to get caught to stop these people from finding it out or investigating it so he'll appear in, um, in front of children and threaten them or say if you, if you don't tell your parents who are cops in the town to stop then they'll die or I'll kill them. So it's, I get that playing on the fears of terrorising children. I quite like, which I'm imagining is so it doesn't get burnt to death or whatever they would do with monsters, but in my head for some reason, because those people are investigating it, had it been arrested at the end, which, you know, no spoilers. No, I'm not going to spoil it. You get 45 years for a serial child murder. Well, how do you, how do you investigate something that's essentially a myth? How, that's her problem. She's she's trying to get them to believe her, but they all think she's just some mental case. So she has to go out and actively find proof that this is changing into people. That is... I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch that. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, check it out. Download it. It's called The Outsider. Have you got any others? Uh, I also found one that I really liked um, just because it seems like a fabulous bitch. From Algeria, so the Algerian uh, boogeyman is called the. This is an awful lot of letters in it, so two seconds. That I wrote down how to say it. The how, ooh how, ah, the how ooh howa. So the the how ooh howa is described as a truly terrifying monster. Um, its body is composed of different animal parts, and they're all interchanging now i couldn't actually find whether it's a shapeshifter or whether it like which is implied by the next bit i think maybe it collects animal parts and kind of stitches them together to make itself so it's made up of all these decomposing animal parts and its eyes look like blobs of flaming spit and the bit about it that i think is fabulous is that what it does is it abducts badly behaved children and kills them but then it uses the material from their clothing uh, to make its own clothes. So you can spot it because <laughs> it's always wearing patchwork clothing. So, <laughs> so you know, it's killing for fashion. Like many people do. <laughs> True. 
There's one that I find quite funny called the Tata Duende. And it, again, it comes from Latin America. It's prominent in Mayan and Mitiso folklore. So it has backwards feet and it's missing his thumbs, which gives oh. him an odd fixate. So because he's not got any thumbs, he's totally fixated on the thumbs of humans, especially children. So it is said that the Tata Duende, which translates roughly to grandfather goblin, <laughs> is, the, <laughs> is the protector of the jungle. However, he can also be very mischievous at times. If he finds a naughty child, he will lure them into the jungle jungle and try to bite off their thumbs. So he's totally so I basically Yeah, so he's like he's like Tarzan, but he's obsessed with thumbs and he has to have them. He wants a collection, maybe to try and because he doesn't have any thumbs, he's trying to compensate by I'm obsessing over thumbs. I don't have any thumbs, so I have to have them. Like <laughs> I've just got to get as many thumbs as possible. Thumb down. And then there's a uh, Namahage, which is a Japanese demon, boogeyman that preys on children who are again disobedient, lazy, or prone to crying. The Namahage is known to steal crops and disobedient children during the new year. They are known to roam city streets during the night and calling out, "Are there any crybabies?" <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got a child that constantly cries all the time, just threaten them with the Namahage. I feel like a good way to soothe a crying child is to tell them a monster's coming to kill them. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I think there was... I, the com, the, there's a night hag as well, which I think is the most common one that people have heard of that's sort of a boogeyman but also relates to adults as well. So if anyone's ever had sleep paralysis, the common thing is that if you've had sleep paralysis, this is when you wake up, but your body and your muscles are still asleep, so you can't move. Because when you're sleeping, you're, I don't know what, how it works, that you're paralyzed, essentially. So that, how does that work, Mark? You're a biologist. It's something to do with when your body enters REM, mm-hmm. it can take a while to come out of it. So if you are, basically, if you wake up, but you wake up with a start, so your body's still under REM. It's still focusing just on your eyes and the part of your brain that processes gathered information. So your body, like you wouldn't be able to speak because that bit's not being triggered yet. You wouldn't be able to move because that bit's not being triggered yet. All you'd be able to do is see, but also because you're still partially dreaming, you'll be able to see things that are there and things that aren't there. That's scary. But the most common image that people see when they wake up in that state is an old hag that comes in and crawls on top of them and sits on their chest. And that kind of goes back to the way we gomble because she's sort of an old hag looking thing. So it's like an adult sort of boogeyman that way. One of my, because I know we said we'd sort of do like stories from our own childhood. One of the ones I wrote down was like comparable to the the night hag or like very similar that i'm sure you've heard of it the hat man the hat man no tell me no remind me okay so i just assumed you'd have um so i might have i might have forgotten so when we were younger paul used to have really um my brother used to not to you guys you know paul's a brother but people who don't know who paul is uh, he used to have really bad sleep paralysis and every time he had it he, he said it was absolutely terrifying because 
you would see a man that was dressed entirely in black. So Did like, he have a top hat? Not a top hat, but like a wide-brimmed, almost like a sort of pork pie-style hat, but like really right. wide-brimmed. So he said, yeah, he was always dressed entirely in black, like black suit jacket, black shirt, black trousers, black shoes, um, black gloves, and this black wide-brimmed pork pie hat. And he had like, yeah, terrifying face, like a hag, but like a male hag. So he would like come out the shadows when Paul was unable to move and would basically start like pressing down on his chest to try to stop him from breathing. Yeah, that's what the old hag does as well. Struggle and struggle to get up and to make him stop. Mm -hmm. But actually, like the night hag, it's like a fairly common thing that people see. I was reading an article in theweek.co.uk about the hat man because it was saying, well, what, what is this hat man and why is it? Even if it is to do with sleep paralysis, kind of like you say about the night hag, well, why do so many people across the world see this specific image? It's a bit... Yeah, why are they seeing the same thing? Because you yeah. think that it would be something individual to them that's terrifying, but everybody sees the same type of entity that wants to sit on their chest. It's either yeah. the form of an old hag. Or yeah, it does remind me now that there is a hat man, but I thought it was a tall guy in like a sort of Babadook type creature. You know what the Babadook is? Yeah. With the hat and the sort of Victorian frock coat type thing. I think to be fair... Maybe there's there's more than one hat man because I think it's quite similar because even the sort of broad black pork pie hat, but yeah, he's still wearing it's a very kind of Victorian image. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's strange because why it, as you say, why would so many people specifically see either a haggard woman sitting on their chest or one of these terrifying faced like Victorian gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Like why why would that be what you'd see? I mean, to be fair, the article doesn't necessarily explain specifically why it is that that's what we'll see. Uh, it says he's a nightmarish figure. He crops up all across the world. Um, there are people in every country on every continent that claim to have been woken during the night to find a shadowy figure, the dog, the hat man looming in the shadows. Um, there's been several documentaries about the hat man and where he might have come from. Uh, the idea of the hat man is not a new phenomenon for as long as there have been written records, which is also because, yeah, he seems to have a Victorian appearance, but this article implies that the rec- like actual written records of him go back further than that, which is strange because I suppose when it started, he would have been dressed in a very futuristic way and now he's dressed in a very old-fashioned way. Mm. Uh, it says, from the beginning of written records, people have described a frightening nighttime vision that paralyzes them with fear, um, making them unable to move and... Uh, many say that it either crushes their chest or actually stands over them, sucking the breath out of them. So they offer two explanations for what it could be. Um, they say this could be, or at least ties into the myths of the Canadian Inuit Ukwa Man Gurknik, or possibly the Japanese Kanasha, sorry, Kanashibari. So the Uniqua Manrik or the Kana Shibari. People researching in the field of sleep paralysis have said, oh, this actually explains in more detail what you just asked me. So both of these creatures are creatures that you see when you are awake but completely paralysed. It ties into what we would now call sleep paralysis, where an individual is in the process of waking up, but due to still being under the uh, restraints of REM, finds him or herself completely awake but completely unable to move or to speak um, and it, the frequent reports when this happens going right back to early human history 
that when this happens, they see a shadowy figure or shape which be- approaches nearer and becomes increasingly clearer and increasingly more terrifying. Why so do you specific explanation for what the hat man or men or a night had on, just that it's been common since the beginning of human history that people see these things. Well, it's interesting because I've just seen one here called De La Omo Nero, and it's portrayed as a man dressed in all black that haunts disobedient children in the eastern Mediterranean area. It's often said to wear a hood or hat that hides his face. De La Omo Nero comes to kidnap children who disobey their parents, for unlike other boogeymen, he doesn't eat them. Instead, he takes them to a frightening place to live with him for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Just a year, though. You just have to put up with him for a year and then he lets you back, gets you back home. What about having him on your back? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you might like staying in him. Well, it's a frightening place to live with him for a year. Is it like Castle Grayskull? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I want to go to the the domain of the... Lou Monero. Lou yeah, that sounds interesting. But maybe not for a year. Like, you know, you maybe want to go there for the day and see what it's like. I imagine after a year you'd be messed up. Or maybe he's just a lonely guy and he just wants to have some company for a year and then he swaps you for the next naughty child or is there hundreds of them all there? And yeah, it's like a big commune? Yeah, like 500 kids at a time and then just every morning gets up and is like, Jolie, Stephen, it's your turn to leave. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a sort of Papa Lazaro figure, but instead of yeah. wings, he collects children. Do you know, I feel like the images of them, though, are very Papa Lazaro-esque. Like yeah. the, the hat man, the Babadook, like they've got a, a Papa Lazaro quality to them. Yeah, Papa Lazaro is a character from a British comedy sketch show called, well, it's not really a sketch show, called The League of Gentlemen. It's really dark, kind of, uh, like, horror-based humour. And he's sort of like this sort of gypsy character. I don't really know what Papa Lazaro is. He is a boogeyman. He is. He just appears with some sort of strange circus. (laughs) I don't know where he comes from. He calls everyone Dave, no matter who you are. And as soon as you put on a ring or something that he offers you, then that means you're his wife and you have to go with him. There's nothing you can do. When you've got the ring and he takes you with him, he, like... It takes you underground. Some sort of animal creature. It's all very strange. League of Gentlemen's wonderful. Like, if anyone's not watched it, do so. And that takes me to sort of modern boogeymen. Like, if you think of, well, talking about sleep paralysis, then if you think of Freddy Krueger, he's a boogeyman, as in he punishes teenagers for having, like, premarital sex or drinking or taking drugs or something. So as a consequence of that, he appears in your dreams. And if he kills you in your dreams, you're dead for real. But it's sort of a punishment from the boogeyman. And I think um, Wes Craven said that he created, or the idea of Freddy Krueger came from a childhood fear of his, where he would see a tramp that wore that sort of fedora and jumper type that he came across, well, or the shadow of him when he was looking out the window, seeing him, and he looked like he had incredibly long arms. But it was just a tramp. But to him, it was a terrifying sort of figure. I mean, that makes sense, because Freddy Krueger does have a very sort of hat man quality to him, doesn't he? He's yeah, well, like, he's a hat man as well. He wears a fedora. Yeah, he's got a hat. He comes out the shadows. He appears when you're asleep and can't move away from him. Like, yeah, he's definitely hat man-esque. Are there any other 
I mean, have you ever had a sleep paralysis experience? Yes, only once or twice, but it's never been a terrifying sleep paralysis experience. I've never seen anything that, that shouldn't be there. I've just had the whole, yeah, like I'm awake, but I can't move, which is still quite terrifying, but only a handful of times. It's not something that's happened often. I've had, yeah, a, I've had it a couple of times where when I was still with my parents, I was sleeping in a, an elevated sort of bunk type bed and I woke up, but I felt like I couldn't move. I sleep on my side. So I was facing the wall, the door, my bedroom door was behind me and I woke up, I couldn't move. It was dark and I had this absolute terror, terrifying feeling that there was definitely something behind me, right behind me. Now, I sleep quite high up, so it would have to be something quite tall or I don't know what, like, what it was. But I was convinced it was behind me and I was like to myself, right, I couldn't move. I didn't want to turn around because if I turned around, I would see it. But then I just had to gather myself, gather my wits together and think, look, it's not there. You're it, it Just force yourself to move. Then eventually I did manage to move and I was okay and there was nothing there. But at the time, it was absolutely real to me that there was something in that room looking at me. Do you think maybe it was a Metman way because they have big Better not have been. Could easily find <laughs> long legs. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister told me once that she woke up, she didn't see anything, but she felt something pressed down on her chest, which is sort of like a succubus or an incubus, I think yeah. she was describing there, rather than an old hag. Yeah. Although... I don't know, because do they not normally appear sexy because of their sexy, sexy parents that we haven't mentioned in a while? <laughs> yeah, but I think they're, well, I don't know, maybe it's just the paintings I've seen on them. They're always in the form of a sort of little demon or like a, what are those things that hang, a gargoyle-like creature that sits on your chest? That's just um, anti-succubus propaganda as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to um, have sleep paralysis when he was younger. And he, I think, to be fair, as you know, and as listeners will now know, because I've mentioned this every time, so my dad is a madman. Um, I think he first told me this story when it was about sex, which is highly inappropriate and terrifying. He used to have sleep paralysis all the time when he was younger and see, much like you described with the sort of hooded figure, like um, a figure in like a black sort of robe with a hood and he couldn't see the face properly because, well, it was covered in this big black robe and would always be standing in the corner of the room watching him sleep and he wouldn't be able to wake up and move and he said that the last time that he saw it i feel like he's maybe told you this it's one of his favorite stories and the last (laughs) time that he ever saw it was just after him and mum had got married and he woke up in bed and it was in the corner but it started moving towards him but he couldn't move and he said it reached into its hood and was kind of moving its hand around as if it was getting something from like eye level and then reached out its hand and it plucked out his own eyeball and dropped it on his chest and then turned around and walked back into the shadow. And he said, like, he absolutely freaked out and was trying to get it off of him. And eventually, when he was able to move, he, like, leapt up, knocking the eyeball off of him, obviously woke my mum up. And she was like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he basically said that something had thrown his eye on his chest <laughs> and around the room but couldn't find the eye and then never saw it again. Do you think that- maybe that was its parting gift to your dad? As in... Here, I'm sorry. Have this. I'm yeah, going to go now. We were pals and was like, look, you're married now. It's not my place to be in your room. But I've got <laughs> my eye on you. <laughs> 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 it was way too literal. Yeah. 
so literally, yeah, way too literal, but he was just like, look, I'm not going to hang about anymore, but don't forget, <laughs> I'm always going to have one eye on you. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it, was, if it was unable to communicate, maybe the only way it could send that message was to tear an eye out of his head. I mean, why else would you tear your eye out? Maybe it just had like a hat under his head made out of human eyes. Like yeah, and that's, that's its thing. That's what it does to all its children that it's trying to make behave is that here, I'm moving on to the next one, but this is a reminder. I've got my eye on you and you need to behave. Yeah, so there's yeah, there, there's that. Do you have any personal childhood boogeyman? Only our good pal, the Marmalade Lady. I don't um, think she's a boogeyman, though. I think no, she's a, a spirit guide or something. Or like yeah, I don't think she's a boogeyman. I don't think she's a ghost. I don't know what she is. But yeah, I, I used I used to see her. I would only ever see her when I was on my own. But you weren't frightened of her, though. The whole point of a boogeyman is you're frightened of them. You think they're going to somehow harm you. Maybe she's a bit like uh, the way we gumble or gamble, though. Um, yeah, but your parents weren't mean to you, were they? No, maybe she was just checking in. It was like, is everything all right? I seem sound. I'm off again. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then instead of knowing that children or thinking that knowing children like to eat shit, instead of thinking <laughs> children like to eat shit, maybe she'd seen a kid have a like marmalade sandwich before. So it was just like get a jar of marmalade in case anyone's hungry. <laughs> yeah, she just used to intermittently like show up through my childhood and ask me if I wanted marmalade, and I never did. Well, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I had a childhood boogeyman, and I have no idea why or when he first appeared in my head but I was convinced he was real was the guy called Big Fat Cheat that's all I could call him and he had sort of like he had he had thin really thin sandy coloured hair that was combed like a comb over type thing that was combed quite close to his head because his head was that big it appeared really thin and then he had like kind of wee eyes and have you ever seen any paintings of like Henry VIII when he was a bit older and fatter and he had yeah. big jolly cheeks? That's what he looked like, except much more terrifying. I mean, that was already quite terrifying. Yeah. But the weird thing is, and this goes back to what we keep going back to the, um, <laughs> what was it, the ship, the woman who makes children eat shit. What's her name again? Uh, the way way, 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 the, yeah. way, way Gamble. He, Right, this makes no sense, but Big Fat Cheeks had henchmen, and they were literal shits. <laughs> oh, I know. What, I don't know why, but I well, I called them jobbies. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of, they were like minions, except they were made of shit. Do you know what I mean? Like little minions, like the yellow minions uh-huh. that hang around. What's the name of that guy from the... Gru? Yeah, yeah, Gru. Except they were the minions of Big Fat Cheeks and um, he would appear in my dreams and I'm convinced he was he was in an, an advert for toothpaste. I remember being at my grand's and I was just watching telly. I used to watch um, Bring It Up Jeremy Beadle again, but I used to love <laughs> Jeremy Beadle's About. <laughs> and I'm sure that during an ad break for Beadle's About, he showed up in a Aquafresh or something toothpaste or mouthwash advert and he just appeared his big face was there and he, start, he started with that smile with his little lips and his big cheeks and I flipped and ran away out the living room and into the kitchen and my grand must have thought what the hell's going on there 
because I thought he's gotten he's gotten to me through my grand. He's what? in the telly now. What did he want? I don't know. I was convinced he was trying to to take me away. That's why he sent his minions after me. Like I had a and also I had this extreme. I still remember it to this day. Like I don't know whether it, I was hallucinating, but to me at the time it felt real. But maybe I was it was just a lucid dream. But I remember when I was about three years old or something, I walked down the stairs of my where my parents still live now and I headed towards the front door and through the letterbox was posted a really slimy decapitated hand and I thought it was big pa- big fat cheeks that had posted it through the door <laughs> and I still can't explain that <laughs> obviously it wasn't there otherwise my parents would have found okay, it I'm but to say, me, like, it actually happened this hand? no it was just me so like big I fat cheeks thought- cut off his own hand and posted it through your letterbox I don't know if it was his own hand or if it was someone else's hand. I think he lived in the sewers. Maybe that's why he was covered in shit. Oh, no, maybe that's why he was in shit with him. I don't know. I have, Like I say, I don't know why this started. I don't know why he was always there as part of my early childhood, like from, say, toddler age to the age of five. And then it just started to fade away and he wasn't there anymore. But I still remember him now. Like, I knew that it happened. But I don't know what, why I am, if I was imagining it, where I got it from. Yeah, it's such a... It's weird, isn't it? Strange boogeyman to have. And that it's not like a shadow creature and it's not... I remember lying in my cot and seeing him looming over my over the, the sides of the cot. Like, his face. Do that you was scary. That you could meet Big Fat Cheeks now to ask him some questions? no. no. I would not want to see him. No way. I think he's gone off to terrorise other kids. I, I don't even know. He could still be there or he's just a figment of my imagination. I just don't know where he came from. It's not like my parents showed me anything when I was really wee or anything that, that that caused me to see him. It's not like when, like, for instance, my parents let me watch Child's Play when I was six. <laughs> a fine choice. Yeah, I know. And then my dad decided it would be funny to go and get one of my dolls and put a knife in its hand and pretend that it was it'd come alive and it was coming to get me. See the things that your parents do to you? They're the ones that are responsible for childhood fears, I reckon. Yeah. They're bastards. <laughs> but that backfired on my parents because then I went for years, terrified, had nightmares every night that Chucky was going to come in and kill me. I was terrified of that doll. I wouldn't look at my dolls, absolutely convinced he was real and he, that my dolls were going to come and get me. And and that that fear stayed with me right up until right up until I was in fifth year in school. And then I got over it. I just decided to watch it and realised that Child's Play is actually hilarious. There's <laughs> nothing to be scared of. But I think the worst of it was, was it um, in 1993 when the whole Jamie Bulger tragedy happened, which was he was a wee toddler that was led away by a couple of 10-year-olds and he was murdered um, and left on some train tracks and they all blamed it on Child's Play 3. So they actually banned Child's Play 3 coming out in the cinemas because of that. And again, it's me going down the stairs and I used to get up really early in the morning. I'd go down the stairs and my parents would get like papers delivered. They would always get like the daily record. So they put it through the, the letterbox. I go up and pick it up and what's on the front page? A massive, massive picture of Chucky with his evil eyes. Do you imagine how I would have felt looking at that? I mean, if I got a newspaper through my door now and it was like, look at this photo of a woman with no face, I would freak out and I'm an adult. So I'm sure yeah. you're a fan. 
I remember my parents got Child's Play. Oh no, it was on cable. It was the old Telewest cable, and Child's Play Two was on like Sky Cinema or something. And I was hiding out in the hall. I couldn't even bear it. I didn't even want to look at it. I couldn't watch the film. And even just hearing his voice was like triggered the fear in me. And again, I watched it later, and I was like, "What was I scared of? It was (laughs) funny as fuck." Especially in Child's Play 3, there's a scene where Chucky, he jumps out on a guy and the guy's that scared that he has a heart attack because Chucky was going to kill me a knife, but he dies of a heart attack and Chucky's like, ah, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And it's so funny. (laughs) And then that's, so basically that's my childhood boogeyman and I can't explain it at all, but it's weird. Another example, um, I don't know. Like my boyfriend used to tell me a story about when he was wee that he would have a recurring dream or I don't know if it was a dream but that there was a like a wee Willy Winky character would come in his room and try and pour, pour boiling water on his head. Like a child in a nightdress or like mm-hmm. a sausage? Well, I don't know. Later on he said that it wasn't actually wee Willy Winky but that's the only way that he could describe it. So in my mind, in my imagination, I was imagining, you know, a wee guy in a nightgown and a cap. Yeah holding a pot of boiling water but it turns out that's what that isn't what he looked like it's just the only way you could think of describing him <laughs> i don't know it's horrible though when i was looking at the psychological side of it with boogie men is it how does it why is it prevalent in children and what does it benefit so the theory is and i found this in a um scientificamerican.com uh-huh. that was discussing the the boogie man and it starts out with eight-year-old Tommy Doyle poses this question to his babysitter, Laurie Strode, in Halloween, as in what is the bogeyman? He means it to be casual by slipping it into a discussion about his comics, but he has a genuine need to know. He wants to be prepared in case he bumps into it. And this is perhaps something we can all relate to regardless of where we live or how old we are. Surely a question we've all wrestled with at some point in our lives and somehow overcome, even if it means as adults we triple check that the closet doors close tightly before we finally turn off the lights and get into bed. I mean, that's true for me. Sometimes, like you see before like I go to bed at night, I... I feel more comfortable with the doors closed. I know some people like sleeping with the door open. So which is kind of what freaked me out a little bit, you know, when I went to yours and stayed at your house, because you said I had to keep the door open to yeah. let the cat in or she'll scream or she'll or he'll cry. And I'm like, but I don't really like sleeping with the door open, but okay. I used to, before I got the the current cat, the previous cat didn't mind. Yeah, I I used to actually, I was thinking I don't do anything like that, but I used to close every single door in the house, like a check a room, close the door, check a room, close the door, check a room, close the door, before I went to bed. But now, yeah, I just leave them all. In fact, sometimes I leave them literally wide open because of exactly what you said, that if you close the door for a second, the cat will run at any door, even a cupboard door, for a second, the cat will run to that closed door and go, <laughs> and just keep making that noise for... Sorry, I should have given people a trigger warning for a bad cat impersonation. <laughs> but yeah, like, so now... Me, because to me, I think this is maybe in my subconscious from being a child, is that if you sleep with the door open, that's inviting people to come in, as in boogeymen to come in and get you, where if you sleep with the door closed, then you've got a protect, you're protected somehow. So if that would stop them, but whatever. Just made me feel more safe, and I still feel that way than now. Back to this article, it says that for Tommy, the 
boogeyman was Michael Myers, also aptly known as the shape, for the boogeyman has no specific form. It can become whatever it needs to be most effective in its objective of scaring you straight. The bogeyman may, may very well be universal. Some variation is found in almost every culture, which we've covered. Uh, it goes by many names. <laughs> its purpose is to steal or punish children. We all meet it early in our lives, wherever by our own imagining, like big fat cheeks, or because it's invoked to teach a lesson. If you don't eat your vegetables, the man will come for you, you know, things like that. Between the ages of two. <laughs> I just stand outside people's kitchen windows while they're having their dinner, like, yep, eat your fucking carrots, bitch. <laughs> I think I remember I wrote a wee short story when I was in primary school about a, 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 like a dad that scared his child who wouldn't go, um, didn't want to go to bed, and um, so he would stay on the stairwell, and then his dad dressed up as some sort of monster and terrified his child so that it would run upstairs and go to bed. And then he was like really pleased with himself afterwards. <laughs> I got an award for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it said here, if between the ages of two and six, many kids develop a fear of the dark. This is the age when the closet or wardrobe becomes frightening and needs to be shut tight. Well, in my case, it was like my bedroom door. When the monster spread needs to be employed nightly and when a nightlight may be necessity if it wasn't before. This is the age when imaginations are emerging and to the mind of a susceptible child, that bedtime story of a friendly monster can easily translate into the boogeyman. The boogeyman is there to ensure that we follow the rules. So what is Boris Johnson the boogeyman now? Oh, <laughs> it's, not really, it's not a very effective one. <laughs> that. It's shapeless, so it can be anywhere at any time. Whether that means lurking under the bed or in the closet or behind a tree in a forest, it gets its power from the persistence of folklore, the transmission of these types of tales, those records of beliefs and customs and experiences generates the guidelines for a lasting social code. So they're saying that the oral exchange educates on and reinforces the expectations for members of the community. Folk tales are local to the people who tell them and reveal much about their perceptions of the world around them. They grow and change in their tellings and are adapted for the time in which they are told, such as like the, the stories of the Brothers Grimm. So I'm just going to move on because there's quite a lot of them. Um, there's quite a lot to this article, but I want to get to the gist of it. So what they're saying is that the boogeyman is something that children that help children overcome fears and conquer that fear. So it's like a way of preparing them for danger and fears in life and to get over it and conquer that fear. Does that make sense? It makes sense that people would say that. However, I think if anybody does that with their child, which I'm aware lots of people do, you're a lunatic. Because I don't think there's psychological belief that terrifying people is good for them. But yeah, I get what you mean. Because it's saying the bogeyman tends to come when they aren't around and they are powerless to stop it, as in their parents aren't around. That's because this is a moment we need to stand up and assert ourselves as members of the social order. We need to indicate our wrongdoing. It is only by understanding our missteps and accepting ownership for them that we can banish the bogeyman. It is the first reconciliation that we manage, a danger that we face and conquer. I think another um, metaphor for someone's bogeyman is an alcoholic would say that alcohol was his bogeyman and he needs to conquer that or conquering one's demons is a sort of an adult version of the bogeyman in a moral sort of way. I suppose. 
But then I think the difference is that, yeah, with adult, I feel like if there was a demon that specifically punishes adults for doing bad and you have to face up to the evil you've done or you'll be punished, that seems more reasonable, whereas children are too young to have proper control over their emotions mm. and their choices. And I think, say, what was the age range that we had there? Like, normally shows up between, like, two and six or whatever. Like, that's way, 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 way too young to be developing a moral compass. I just think it's, it's badness. Badness. Badness and madness. The bogeyman can only survive if it's passed on to future generations and stories do you think or does do you think it's maybe dying out that kids don't really have boogeymen anymore unless their parents mention it as a word of warning no i think kids still definitely have a uh, bogeyman although in saying that one of the stories like from from home if you want that i didn't tell there that kind of popped into my head is i'm sure i told you this before that when was that paul and michelle's like second house so kai my oldest nephew um when he was quite young he used to, when he when they lived in the house that I'm talking about now, he'd quite mm-hmm. often go on his own, and he'd always say he was playing with the like man, and they didn't know who the man was, and he was just like the old man that plays with me, and then one day he was talking about the old man that plays with him, and said, um, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was Paul said to him, but basically Paul asked him a question about the old man, and Kai's answer was as if my brother was really stupid. Well, no, I'm quite sure he's dead. Okay, that's... Well, why why are you quite sure he's dead? And he said, well, he has no eyes. And my brother said, why does he have no eyes? And he went, well, well, they took them when they killed him and then went back upstairs to play with him. So yeah, maybe children are less scared of their Pokemon because kind of... That's was like, oh man, with no eyes, that's it. Cool. Wait, is this, the same, is this the same entity that terrified your dad? Because it had eyes that it gave away. So maybe it's coming back to speak to Kai in some maybe sort of form. Maybe both eyes are gone now. It's given one of its eyes to somebody else. And now it's just back to chill and play Lego. <laughs> Yeah, because I wouldn't want to play with Big Fat Cheeks. I was, de- I was like, de- um, I was convinced he was coming to get me and take me away, maybe well, to make me live with him for a year. The marmalade lady in theory could be terrifying. She appeared out of nowhere. I didn't know who she was. I suppose she was quite clone-like. She had like the face of somebody in their, you know, mid hundreds. But yeah, I never found her scary. So I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, Leslie. Just... Well, and maybe they're just trying to... Maybe they're making boogeymen less scary now because you've got the Gruffalo, which is a monster in a children's story. That's, like, I think the lesson of that is, like, don't judge someone by their looks because they're not yeah. as scary as you think they are. And then there's Monsters, Inc., mm-hmm. which is a Disney Pixar film where the monsters or the boogeymen are just terrorising children so they can power their cities or survive and they're actually scared of the children so to them if the if the child sees them or how does that what was it that worked if the child sees them and aren't scared then then they don't then they're then they're endangered or something like that they think and that they're scared of them you're scared you're in danger and also you can't collect the child's screams which you need to run the factories in the monsters and universe yeah so maybe the kids just aren't a bit more, and I think maybe parents maybe just don't use the boogeyman anymore to scare their children, and it's that tradition's kind of dying out a little bit. Should bring it back, scare your kids, people. <laughs> I disagree. Don't scare your kids for no reason. It's a good way to like completely fuck them up. <laughs> maybe as well, like with your big fat cheeks, maybe it actually was something 
and your parents and grandparents just didn't know what it was because I'm also thinking of one of my friends from work was telling me so mm -hmm. her and one of the other girls from work were having like a sort of boring work call thing because obviously we can't speak to each other face to face now because everyone's trapped in the house she was saying that her wee girl who's how old is she is she just turned four she's just turned four um and she said well no she's not she's just turned three and she said she's got this thing that she's doing just now that she was like it's actually starting to terrify me and we were like all right what is it and she said well she has like this sort of boogeyman figure and she said she's it's completely made up i don't know where it's come from and she's so insistent it's real and she says that when i'm not there this this boogeyman i won't ruin the name yet <laughs> this boogeyman comes for her and she said she's an old lady with an angry face and she's got lots and lots of thick black hair and she's got long long sharp nails and if you're not careful she'll scratch you and, oh. she said, and she's got this name for her and she always calls her the same name and we were like all right what is it and she said she's called mother gotham and we were like oh that's they're like that's the women from rapunzel the women from rapunzel <laughs> and she's like what and we were like yeah you know like the tangled film rapunzel yeah, yeah. it's the women from Rapunzel, like I can't remember the actress's name. She played um, Dr. Octopus's wife in the Spider-Man films. And she was like, all right, this is an actual real thing. And I was like, I like, she's got thick black hair. She's got very manicured nails. She's an energy draining woman who lives in the woods. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, she actually has watched Tangled at my mom's house. I just didn't realize that's what she was going on about. So she's spent the past like three months getting progressively more terrified herself that she's like, oh my God, every time I'm out of the room, this weird entity shows up to torture my child and it's got a name and everything <laughs> and then it turned out just to be something that she'd actually watched on tv so, so yeah, I, suppose he... makes... I don't Sorry. know where he came from maybe maybe he was in that advert maybe that was a gen i need to try maybe i should try and find it and maybe i saw that as a child as in that advert and then it stuck in my mind somehow and just got bigger and bigger in my imagination and more and more creepy and i expanded on it i suppose yeah, it's just like something you see that implants itself in your memory. And I guess it turned into its sort of like negative version of imaginary friends because mm. it's only just occurred to me now, but I suppose the marmalade lady was just my imaginary friend. Like, it's just a, a boogeyman's just a, a bad imaginary friend. Yeah, it's like the negative side of an imaginary friend. Yeah, for every... I mean, wait, was, was Drop Dead Fred a bit, like, you know, in the movie Drop Dead Fred? Was he not a bit of a bastard? <laughs> See, when you watch that as an adult, you kind of feel... Do you not feel sorry for the girl's mum because, like, she was constantly ruining her carpets and stuff because Fred yeah, told her... Yeah, one of those weird ones that when you watch it as a child, you're like, the parents are so evil, and then when you watch it as an adult, you're like... I mean, to be fair, she should have taken her daughter to a therapist. That was... <laughs> <laughs> if you're a bit crazy they need therapy otherwise they're not going to grow up to be like a functioning member of society yeah maybe not just tape up the music box where fred comes from just i don't know just have a, a word with her and say that imaginary friends well oh. i don't know maybe it was just are they trying to imply that he was a real... Well, I know it's just a movie, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, you know, because there was a bit in the film where he goes, she does take her to therapy. And then there's all the other um, imaginary friends there as well with their children. And there's all, like, different ones. And then she takes the pills and then that sort of gets rid of the imaginary friends. <laughs> 
like they're a real thing and then he moves on to the next one like the thing with all of the the kind of cryptids and creatures and stuff we've looked at like can some people just see things that other people can't see like are both big fat geeks and the marmalade lady real but it just happens that our parents couldn't see them or maybe when you're a child you're more open to seeing things that adults can't see is that what you're saying yeah or is it just the Sometimes you see something you think is interesting, like Mother Gothel, and she implants herself in your memories. Or, in saying that, is it just that my friend's wee girl is actually being haunted by some sort of old lady ghost with claws and black hair and didn't know what to call her? So, the, like you said with David, the yeah. closest description she has is it's a bit like Mother Gothel, so that's what she started calling it. Yeah, like Wee Willie Winky is the closest thing he could describe, that boiling water monster as <laughs> I find that really horrible though that image yeah but he always has nightmares I don't have a lot of nightmares but he tends to have a lot of nightmares all the time like he, like he had a dream that dogs were trying to attack him but he loves dogs I just don't get that but maybe we can talk about dreams and nightmares later yes. well I think that was an interesting podcast um pretty much sums up boogie men um I thought that everyone would have one but not everyone does I suppose maybe we're just a bit more unique than most people but I thought it was quite common I think it was a quite common thing that people do have scary monsters I was talking to my friend at um, this street party I was at last night and I was asking him if he had any biggie men that haunted him and he just said no my parents gave me a stick to put in my wardrobe and said that if unless you remove that stick the boogie man can't get in so that was his way of stopping any monsters from getting him that's an example of good parenting. I think we should all follow yeah, his parents. Yeah. If you've got children out there, instead of terrifying the fuck out of them and telling them some long-legged shadow man is going to eat their soul, why don't you tell them you've got a magic stick that can protect them and give them that instead? This is why I don't have children, people, because I would <laughs> find that very funny. Oh. And scaring them. It'll, it'll build up some character for them a bit like, like deal with your problems deal with fear conquer those demons by creating some demons for them to conquer <laughs> i still them up. strongly disagree but <laughs> <laughs> if your only solution in your head to make your child uh emotionally strong person is to terrify the absolute fuck out of them uh, which definitely say that I think you should rethink that and maybe not terrify the fuck out of the children maybe okay. that's so, so I will draw a picture of Big Fat Cheeks and his minions and post it on Instagram or Facebook just so people can see it as um, an example I will draw a picture of the marmalade lady in case anybody wants a more pleasant image to look at and the woman with no face please draw her too Oh yeah, I actually forgot to draw the woman with no face. Yeah, I have to remind you. I try not to think about her too much because, you know, terrifying. Although again, I say terrifying like, we don't know. I really need to meet her in real life and real life because when you're a child, that's not real. Another good parenting tip. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's real, even if they're holding the hand of a monster, just assume it's not real because they're a child and children aren't real. Um, So what are we going to talk about next week? life. What are we going to talk about next week, Mark? It's your topic. Ooh, there's so many things that 
I want to put to the top of the list? Pick one. Oh, do I want to do... I kind of want to do, and I don't know if they actually go together or not, to be perfectly honest, because I don't really understand what one is. I'd like it. You were talking about tulpas. Okay, yeah. Right, tulpas, tulpas. 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 Mm -hmm. So do you want to do tulpas and I can do interdimensional beings and we'll see if there's somehow some sort of crossover between them? Because I feel like there might be, but I don't know because I don't really know what a tulpa is, but I'll find out next time. When you say interdimensional beings, what what are they? What what do you mean specifically? Uh, I want to look at the Celtic pagan belief of creatures from beyond the veil. So is it is it the, is it the spirit world or is it actual another dimension? No, an actual other dimension. Okay, all right, that would be a, a weird one. I don't know what I'm going to call that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we'll title next episode. Just weird stuff. All right then. Well, that's that. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Think about maybe have a think about what your own biggie men were. If you've ever had any sleep paralysis, then don't worry about it. Everyone's had it at some point. It's quite a common thing. I don't think the hag's ever actually going to get you well not that i know of. i should just stop now because i'm going to start saying like yeah people who <laughs> die in their sleep that's because yeah, they... maybe the hag got them. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no way you can know that for sure you don't know you never I'm know the opposite. i think that be careful because if the hag gets you you're fucked yeah so have a good night and yes. well bye, bye. Chris, so. Man. Chris, so.